You're listening to Catholic Espresso. Whether you have an espresso in hand or not, this is a podcast that will help you in your journey of faith. And now here are your hosts, Father Pavel and Russell. Hello, hello, hello. Greetings from Texas. What about in Texas, Russell? We are in Austin, Texas. And Richmond Hill, Ontario, Canada. So, yeah, bravo, bravo. I know it's, um, I know it's uh, Lent. Are you having coffee? Oh, I am having, it's Lent, Father, so I'm having chai tea. You're finally having coffee? Actually, I have to tell you, I didn't make it. I changed. I tried three times and I gave up because, yeah. So maybe okay. I'm going to do something smaller, maybe just Holy Week without coffee. There you go. Maybe. I, I, it's better to have smaller steps and uh, and be right. faithful than, yeah. That's so right. how's, how's your land? How's your land? Oh, man, it's been, uh, <laughs> it's been a lot of ups and downs. Same old, same old. It's been a lot of ups and downs. Um, I have been really focused. Uh, we've just been kind of getting through a little bit, and I've I've tried. I've my disciplines have kind of gone ups and downs. I feel like I've I've been fasting um, from alcohol, but I will on on Sunday. We'll I'll have a celebratory. We made it to Sunday, and I'm not sure that that's quite hit the hit the balance that I've wanted. So I, and then praying, I've been, I've been trying to build myself up to get to the place of praying morning, the morning hour and the evening hour every single day. Oh, wow, that's great. And it has not been easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, uh, listeners, whatever is going on in your life during Lent, we are all on the same boat and we try to do as much as we can. Uh, with our Lenten um, uh, discipline, but Satan also works very hard trying to put us down and trying to take us away from the um, uh, Lenten observances. Uh, Yeah, people told me, Father, the last Catholic espresso was over an hour. And during that time, Russell, you promised that we will talk about Holy Week. Um, in the next um, yep. episode, so um, let's talk about Holy Week and uh, let's do it. It's only a few more days, and uh, so w- w- when the Holy Week begins? Oh boy! Well, we we kick off. Uh, Holy Week begins. Would you say it begins with Palm Sunday? Palm Sunday, yeah, and continues until Easter Sunday. Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, so April second. April 2nd this year, folks. Yeah. Palm Sunday. So uh, always it's so special in the life of the parish because so many people shows up for uh, uh, Ash Wednesday and Palm yeah. Sunday. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so in in your life, what's so significant uh, on Palm Sunday? Well, I want to, before I jump into Palm Sunday, I want to say this. Um, in the In the Catholic world, we often look for opportunities to grow in our faith, right? And so often we're we're thinking like, I need to, I want to go to this talk, or I want to attend this retreat, or I want to, that's very external. But 
the church in her wisdom plans that every year the most fantastic liturgical retreat happens in your parish, right? If, if, if attended and prayed well, Holy Week, and especially the sacred Paschal Triduum, is such a powerful opportunity. So I want to just stop and encourage you. Now is the time to make plans, listeners. Now, like, think about your week. What what can you do? My wife and I, I'm going to give you an example. Our kids have soccer games. I have no idea why they have soccer games on Holy Saturday. They're not going to those soccer games. We're going to tell the coach now. I'm going to tell the kids now so they can't twist my arm about it. Uh, you got to make plans because God has something big for you this Holy Week. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So that that's so good that you already planning to celebrate Holy uh, Saturday. Uh, so let's go back to Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday, it's so special. Uh, I, I just love, I just love to go to the back of the church and uh, uh, at the beginning of the liturgy, we start off the liturgy and the church foyer. And after the gospel, when we walk uh, in a procession, uh, the choir singing, Hosanna, Hosanna. Um, it's a commemoration of the triumphal, triumphant entry of our Lord Jesus uh, into Jerusalem. And, and people were really excited. People were uh, joyful. Um, and they greeted the Lord saying, Hosanna, and, and uh, they were so happy and, and excited about um, seeing the Redeemer of the world. Mm. What's, and, that like? What's that like for you as, a, as the celebrant? Well, um, it's a feeling of, of, of Jesus when you walk. Actually, the, the whole liturgy of, of uh, Holy Week and Tridum Sacrum, three holy days, um, it's, a, it's a feeling of, of being the Lord. Uh, <laughs> reading the Gospel, the Passion Gospel, yeah. uh, and, and I'm reading the part of, of Jesus. and. Uh, it's very emotional. It's very emotional when you think about the words, when you go through the text, and 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 on Palm Sunday we have uh, we have a also reading of the of the uh, Passion. Um, it, it, it it puts me in some way of um, being in the uh, skin of of the Lord. What he went through, what what was going on when he dialogue with the people when when he when he was going through uh, the preparation before crucifixion and later the crucifixion and and so very emotional very you know emotional what's, what's really cool father is that you know for us in in the congregation we take on the roles of those different voices as actors right but you you are offered as victim you know you're not yeah. just you're not just playing a part which it's good you know there's nothing wrong with what we're doing and, and i i love it's very significant to me to be in the community and to to be the voice knowing that i i would have been there i would have said hosanna in the highest and then when we get to when we get to crucify him i know i'm that guy too but um it is really uh it must be a a special thing to not only do you take on the the role um, 
you know, in the in the passion play, but you also, you know, you offer your whole body up in that moment. You're 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 never more a priest almost in that sense than than being being the celebrant of that liturgy. Oh yeah, it it uh, definitely it helps you in 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 priesthood uh, because that as you celebrate mass, you act in persona Christi and. Uh, in the sacrament of reconciliation, through the sacrament you act in persona Christi. So um, it helps you to to go inside uh, of this drama as as Jesus and and uh, have a feeling of of this big tragedy when when the same people who were calling uh, the King and Messiah the Lord on on Palm Sunday. Uh, they were yelling, uh, screaming on Good Friday, crucify him, crucify him. And uh, uh, yeah, so it's, it's a very emotional, emotional moment. Yeah, so so we start the, uh, the liturgies of the Holy Week on uh, Palm Sunday. And, um, uh, you know, uh, my mind goes back also to the moment when I was in Holy Land. And uh, when we walk through the places where where Jesus was entering Je- Jerusalem and uh, yeah and one one year my first trip to Holy Land I was able to be on donkey and to feel that uh, special moment when when Jesus was entering the uh, the holy city and uh, surrounded by the people and and uh, so yeah so what do you think how how can we prepare for palm sunday what 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 we can do or how people in the families can uh celebrate palm sunday what what is so significant about that day that uh, we as catholics can can do on that day that's a great question well one one thing whether you're a family or not just taking your palms and and giving them a, a pride of place somewhere in your home. Very typically, you would see a married couple, for instance, have a crucifix over their bed, and they'll tuck the palms behind the crucifix, right? Um, yeah. So that's a very traditional way to, to display your palms, to remember. But, you know, I, I really think as a family, and you could do this as a group of families, you could do, you could do this as individuals, but to really consider what you're entering into. So as a family, I, we could sit down and um, over, over lunch and say, okay, Jesus is entering in. And what, what was the experience like for him? Because kids, especially with kids um, and adults, certainly, but with children, they this is a really cool time. It, there's a lot of a lot of um, imagery. There's a lot happening. So Jesus is riding in on donkey. How do you think Jesus was feeling? You know, Jesus knows that he's going to die. How do you think Jesus was feeling? And really trying to get into one way would be to have an intentional conversation, just around what what are what do you think Jesus is experiencing here? What are the people in the crowd experiencing? Maybe imagine what is it like to be Mary, Jesus's mother. What do you think she's feeling and experiencing? And having that type of conversation um, with, uh, you know, with as families, whether it's, um, you know, with kids or even with adults, you know, get together with somebody. That's one. That's one way. At, at least after the liturgy, and. Um, you know, one thing that 
I don't know. I think there's there's a lot that could be done prior to. There's a lot of stuff out there, folks. If you haven't looked, looking for um, Catholic Easter, Catholic family Easter activities, uh, there's more than you could possibly imagine. So if you haven't found something yet, you should go ahead. And it's never too late. That's something I would say. It's yeah. never too late to, to try and do something special. And it's amazing what people do with the uh, palms that they receive um, on Palm Sunday. Um, I always have a bunch of uh, nice, beautifully done, uh, very um, artistically done uh, crosses that people bring me and I put at the office door. But don't forget what we do with that. Do you know what we do with the palms? I, I do. Well, I don't know what you do in Ontario. But here, <laughs> we, uh, they, get, they are turned into ashes. Absolutely. The same. So we ask people before Ash Wednesday to bring the uh, palms from the previous year and uh, we burn them and we use them for Ash Wednesday when we put the ashes on uh, people for for say, say something about the significance, the connection between the palms that we're, that we're celebrating with and the ashes that we are anointed with at Ash Wednesday. What what are a few words about just the the significance, the connection there? What do you think? Well, first, uh, people uh, people recognize the Messiah. People uh, people were so happy that the Redeemer is coming into Jerusalem. We all know what happened on Good Friday. We know um, all know what happened in the history of the salvation that some people ran away from the gospel and uh, and the ashes um, when we turn this time of joy and happiness time when we recognize the Lord reminds us that uh, because of our human nature because of our uh, tendency to sin um, we have to come back to this moment of joy and happiness to the moment of uh, being able to welcome Jesus as a Messiah and we can do that through the repentance and uh, through the confession of our sins to come back to the state to be again happy to wave the palms and and welcome uh, the Lord again into our lives well I I think that's great it, I think you're totally right I for me it's just a it's a great sign um, it's a great sign and reminder to me that God is never done with me and I am never done with him Right, because every year I am reminded, when they anoint me with ashes, I am reminded that I stood in the crowd, and and proclaimed him as Messiah, and I also condemned him to death. And I don't, I'm not feeling guilty about that, but it's this, this yearly reminder that I need a savior. The ashes that I had was was a sign of like my own praise and glory that I was giving him and yet I still need someone to come and save me every year yeah yeah that's great so uh, Palm Sunday uh, beginning of the celebration of the most most important um, liturgies of of the liturgical year and uh, we go into the Chrism Mass when do you have a Chrism Mass in, um, in Tuesday Texas? Tuesday yeah the same here because uh, it's supposed to be on Holy Thursday, Thursday, but because of the distances, the priests have to drive, must to drive many days. Oh, and I'm sure for you guys, for you guys, that's you're you're very spread out, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we have the liturgy 
uh, with actually this year with the new um, uh, Archbishop, Archbishop uh, Francis Leo, uh, who's gonna who's gonna celebrate uh, first time the, yeah. the Christmas with us, and uh, yeah, so we're gonna also renew our uh, ordination promises, and uh, it's a day of celebration of priestly life as well, because all the priests from the diocese got together. Uh, for a Christmas Mass, also during that Mass, the holy oil are blessed, will be blessed by Archbishop that we use for the sacramental life of the of the parish. Yeah, and uh, we go to Holy Thursday, very special day in the in the life of the church. And actually, we are going into Tridum Sacrum, which means three holy days: uh, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Saturday. So uh, Holy Thursday, we all know what happened in the upper room when Jesus established uh, two sacraments before uh, before his passion, uh, the Holy Eucharist and the priesthood, uh, and uh, uh, that's and the, the diaconate. Uh, that's a part of the priestly life, absolutely. Right. Because right. we know we have uh, three uh, three levels of priesthood: diaconate, priest, priesthood, uh, presbyterate, and uh, episcopacy. So, yeah, that's the day when Jesus established the priesthood and the Eucharist. But the diaconate, um, we see Jesus as servant washing the feet, right? So we see him both as a priest, you know, in his transitional diaconate or, you know, whatever you want to call it, but as as a servant to the people and, you know, what I've done for you, you must do for one another. And I found that to be a really powerful really powerful meditation for me. I, you know, something to share with everybody that part of the, that image that Jesus offers us of washing the feet of the others. My, my meditation has been on for holy, for the diaconate is, am I willing, am I willing to always and forever put myself last? And that's the image that Jesus gives us, the, the way, as Christians on the way. Jesus is inviting us to actually freedom in that liturgy. There's a freedom of soul. You no longer have to be burdened by your own ego. By You no longer have to be burdened by me, 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 me. You can be free by simply placing yourself as at the feet of others. And... Uh, it's a really powerful image for me that um, I think. So think about that when you when we hear the when you see your pastor, you see Father Pavel or another parish that you're attending. Think about um, you see him washing the feet, and his invitation. Jesus is inviting you in that moment. Will you follow me? Will you be Will you be last with me? Because that's the beautiful part. Is when you put yourself last, you're not alone. That's exactly where Jesus is. He's not up front. He's behind. And uh, I just think that's so cool. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Um, so actually, great that you mentioned this because whenever I, I wash the, the feet of the people, and have you tell you have tell you that uh, takes me in about two three weeks to decide who's gonna be yeah. uh, on the altar, whose feet will be washed on Holy Thursday, and there is always story behind. I don't. I don't just 
take people from the pews or or make the decision. There is a, always story behind a person, and probably people in the pews don't know what this individual went through for the last year. There is a death mm. in the family, sickness, cancer, uh, divorce, uh, marriage problems, and uh, there is always something be behind a person. And I wash their feet, and I tell you, tears. I cannot stop crying during the during the moment when I because I know the story of these people and it's amazing, and it's exactly what you said. Jesus is giving us a lesson. You should do this in your life as a Christian, as a priest, as a deacon, as a layperson, as a husband, as a wife. Do it in memory of me. Do it. Yeah, but also, actually, you know, mm -hmm. something something folks you could do. My wife did this for us a couple of years ago. Completely surprised me and my kids. And we uh, we couldn't, because we had a lot of little kids, we couldn't all go to the Holy Thursday Mass. So we had our own little service where she read the gospel and then she washed all of our feet. And it was a really so beautiful, beautiful thing. And the kids were, you know, the kids were so touched. One of them was crying and because um, they were so That's touched. That's so beautiful. But, I know the know, couple in uh, Colorado, Russell, that um, whenever they invited people uh, for a meal, uh, they were washing the feet of the people before they came to the uh, to eat with them, and it was, awesome. I think, something different, different approach, but uh, something that the Lord is teaching us on on Holy Thursday. And again, you know, two sacraments: priesthood, Eucharist. Uh, John Paul II uh, very often said that there is no Eucharist without priesthood. There is no priesthood without the Eucharist. So two sacraments, uh, upper room, uh, beautiful moment. Uh, those of you who went with me to Holy Land, you remember the time when we visited Upper Room, and uh, we're very grateful for what Jesus done uh, to us. Day of Priesthood, uh, don't forget uh, to wish your priests um, happy priestly day, because pray for them, especially pray for them, pray for the vocations um, on that day. That's a, that's a very special day when when we are grateful of the moment when, when Jesus looked into our eyes and said very simple words, come and follow me. And that was the beginning for, for all priests. Uh, and that's why this day is, uh, is a very important day dedicated into the Eucharist and the priestly life. And we have adoration usually until uh, 11 o'clock on Holy Thursday. It's the the whole atmosphere changes from the moment of, of being in the upper room and and the readings that uh, are reminding us uh, what Jesus done when he established the sacraments of priesthood and, and the Eucharist and and we go later to the um, to adoration until late night and um, Good Friday Good Friday uh, is the one of the darkest um, days of the year for Catholics. Uh, because it covers Jesus's arrest, trial, and crucifixion, his death and burial. So uh, we don't have mass on that day. You know that. I was, right? was going to say it's the only day that mass isn't celebrated. Yeah, right. we have liturgy of the Word and the liturgy of the Eucharist, and a very moving moment at the beginning when when we prostrate on the floor. Actually, two moments that really touched me. Um, prostrate on the floor of the church because all 
the church where I celebrate mass, sacraments, where people come for healing, people come for uh, receiving body of Jesus. Uh, in different moments of their lives, I prostrate and I pray for, for the parish, for me, for... And later on, the, uh, the moment of adoration uh, in front of the cross, that's, that's very moving to me, very moving. And uh, um, we have a beautiful song uh, performed by our musicians, uh, Pieta, called Pieta. And I know that uh, the words that really touch me uh, are, you did it for me, you did it for me a few times and uh, really touch me, touch my heart. Yeah. So, and again, we read the, the Passion, right? We also read the Passion of our Lord and we distribute the Holy Communion. And um, yeah, that's um, good for something, something to mm -hmm. think about something to think about as something I'm thinking about as we're talking is uh, the theme the theme of liberation from the burden of selfishness of self-centeredness of self-seeking and I, I just want to offer that up to you to our listeners that you know we all suffer literally suffer from selfishness and self-seeking and self-centeredness like the we experience the pain of of being focused on ourselves and this week is just a holy week is a heavy hitting uh in a beautiful way this proposition here comes jesus giving up his freedom so you can find freedom right he is pouring himself out and he's doing it with complete liberty, right? In, in liberality, total d gift of self, no selfishness, no focus on self. So I just want to offer to you, maybe, you know, maybe your Lent hasn't gone great. Uh, then you'd be like me and Father Pavel. Uh, maybe it hasn't been the best. But this week, this is a just a week to be able to say, Lord, I want to be free like you. I want to give myself totally to you and to the people around me. Uh, and and just the, the idea that all of these liturgies really center around this sense of, I am here to become liberated from sin and death. I am here to become liberated from the prison that is selfishness, the the me syndrome. It's really powerful. Yeah, it is, and uh, yeah. Um, in the after services, we are, we gonna have three services on on um, Good Friday. After services, we have a Stations of the Cross, which also is very moving. We do we do a very specific uh, in a very specific way the stations. And uh, many, many people come on that on that evening, and um, and technically uh, it's a very spiritual. Oh, fasting, fasting and abstinence on um, Good Friday. So um, that's what's your plan? Do you, have you made a have you made a fasting plan for Friday, Father? Actually, I'm uh, planning fasting uh, for a little longer. Um, good. good. For a little longer than Good Friday. So, but I'm not gonna say. 
how it's gonna look because it's yeah, not gonna yeah, happen yeah. so first i'm gonna do it and later on i can share with you but i'm gonna i'm planning to do a little longer fasting and uh, abstinence well i just yeah. say it to folks you know folks this again this is the idea that so much of the spiritual life just requires a little bit of forethought you know just think about it beforehand and and put some intentionality because it doesn't matter what it is it's not like it's not the size of the sacrifice that matters. It's the spirit of the sacrifice that matters. And how are you intentionally choosing what you're joining Jesus who's hungry on the cross, joining Jesus who's thirsty on the cross, joining Jesus who's naked on the cross, who's lonely on the cross, joining him in that place. That's what really matters. But to think about it ahead of time so that you're not caught unawares. Because without fail, somebody's going to hand you a big fat cheeseburger on Good Friday. Yeah. Right? Oh, gosh. Yeah, don't be surprised. Satan works very, very hard <laughs> exactly. to take us away from yeah. the uh, from the from our plans and uh, our Lenten journey. So don't be surprised if you will be under attack. And also, oh, Good Friday is the beginning of Divine Mercy Novena, oh, which yeah. will end up on Divine Mercy Sunday. So don't forget. Uh, this year in our parish, we do the Divine Mercy Novena on our own, but we'll announce it. The text will be available on website and at the entrance to the church. But let's do the Novena, Divine Mercy Novena. Yeah, so that's the... Uh, but, you know, uh, Good Friday is not the end of the story of redemption. It's Thank just, God. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, another step. And we are going into the Holy Saturday uh, in the morning, we're going to have a nice breakfast for our CIA catechumens and candidates. Uh, and after that, we have Schwinzonka. Can oh. you translate that word? Schwinzonka. Oh, that's... Uh, it's Polish... Um, oh, Eastern it's European. Polish snow, it's, it's Eastern Europe. It's snow cones. That's what it is. Snow cones. <laughs> so... Uh, it's a blessing of Easter baskets, Easter food. And uh, we do this on Saturday morning. Uh, people bring technically the food that they're going to use uh, to eat on Resurrection Sunday after morning mass. Uh, it's a beautiful tradition. So people bring a little bit of uh, horse radish, eggs, uh, sausage, bread, butter, uh, a little babka cake and uh, we bless them and uh, when people the families got together at the table on Easter Sunday morning they eat this product uh, which was blessed on Holy Thursday yeah and we go to the evening of Holy uh, sorry Holy Saturday <laughs> we go to the evening of Holy Saturday uh, the liturgy began um, began after the uh, sundown and uh, which is what time you start the liturgy Russell in your parish I think well it's set by our it's set by our bishop every year and I think oh. this year um, I think it's going to be 8.45 oh it's 8 o'clock in our parish we start at 8 o'clock the beautiful liturgy and, and it's amazing bless the Paschal candle, we bless the fire, and, uh, and we come in the procession, and exalted uh, will be sang, and and um, together with catechumens and candidates, we're going to walk in the procession. We have a good number of catechumen 
catechumens and candidates, um, 25 people plus kids. I don't remember how many kids. Uh, I think close to 35 people will receive the sacraments on uh, Easter Vigil. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations, yeah. Father. Yeah. So uh, now, it's so you, beautiful. Do you confirm? Do you confirm Catholics at your Easter Vigil? Uh, you mean the uh, like a baptized Catholic? Is that no? You only the non only the unbaptized <clears throat> yes. and only the non Catholics, right? Absolutely. Wow, and you've got thirty five. Golly. With kids, with children, yes. Way to go, Father. Folks, this is it's, this is a pastor who's doing his job, folks. No, no, that's no, that's yeah, their, uh, our Lord who is bringing these people. And I tell you, they come with beautiful stories, with beautiful uh, testimonies, how God touched their lives, how God brought them to the to the Catholic Church. And wow. amazing, amazing, amazing stories. So that's what happened on Holy Saturday. And uh, I love at the end... Um, to sing the going peace of Christ and um, yeah the rest I'm not gonna say it because it's Lent but I just love it and we start the Easter liturgies and uh, what's what's so um, special for you Russell on uh, Holy Saturday um, I love you do, you do <laughs> yeah in Texas we always do snow cones uh, it, it'll be hot enough. Do you know? Sometimes we'll open the pool Easter weekend. That's right. Remember, remember when we were living in Colorado? What happened on Easter Sunday? Oh my gosh! Snow almost this. every yeah. year. There was a snow. <laughs> the worst. Yeah. The worst. Um, okay. So, I mean, I I love this. The liturgy itself is beautiful, folks. It has a beautiful shape to it, meaning from from beginning to end, it's it's such an intentional experience. And probably my personal favorite part, uh, oftentimes it's celebrated. Do you guys do you have candles in in the congregation? Yeah, absolutely. So I love. There's a part in the ritual text that. Those who are just baptized, their candles are lit from the Easter candle. And then their job is to go out into the community, into the, into the congregation, and light their candles again. That's what, the, that's what the missile says. And I love that part. And it's, the significance is so profound because it said, the idea is, see these people who have just come into the new life of God, they are to inspire us in a renewal of our baptismal promises. And right after that, we renew our baptismal promises. Right? I love it because it's, I sprinkle people of the holy water. It's the Just best. love it. Yeah. Oh, it's the best. And it, it really inspires actually, me. Actually, we renew the baptismal promises also on Easter Sunday. Right. There is an option. Right, right, right. And it should but, be done. But to, to watch the fire go yeah. and spread, right? And and the beauty of the light, right? Uh, I heard recently somebody talk about faith and say, you know, we, we need to be, there's a difference between light and heat. And our faith has to be bright and that we should shine light, but it doesn't need, doesn't need to be hot, meaning making it really hard on people and making it really... So I was really inspired, but I'm always inspired by the light and just to need the need for myself to be on fire and to see their faith, to never take my baptism, 
never take my faith for granted. Yeah, yeah, very powerful. Very powerful. Easter Easter Vigil is uh, one of the most beautiful, beautiful celebration uh, that I face as a I'm facing as a priest, yeah. especially coming from my background, Polish background, where um, technically most of the people are baptized as, as babies. We never, I never experienced um, baptism of adult in my in my life before I came to America. So uh, it, it's, a, it's a sign that the church is growing, that, that the Lord is, is working through the lives of, mm-hmm. of these people, that, uh, that God is still calling people, come to me, I am the resurrection, I am the life, I will give you eternal life, just come to me. And uh, such a beautiful, and you know, when I baptize uh, people, I, I feel like uh, being a missionary priest, like uh, my mind goes to some <laughs> countries yeah. where, you yeah. know, the priests are baptizing people. And that's, that's, that's the beauty of Easter Vigil. I, I just, I just love it. Yeah. And, and the liturgy itself is pretty long. We finish and we have to be ready for Easter uh, Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, when we're going to celebrate um, the fact that uh, Jesus wasn't in the tomb, the tomb was empty, and uh, the Lord is risen, and He's with us, and, and uh, He show us the way that through death we can go into the resurrection eventually one day. And uh, yeah, so that's that's the beauty of what you're going to do on Easter, Russell. That's a great question. We are on Holy Saturday, we are celebrating my uh, mother-in-law's um, birthday, followed by Ma. We'll go to Mass on Sunday. We won't be going to the Triduum again this year. We've too many little ones. Um, yeah, I know. It's probably but, too much for them. Yeah, right now, anyways. But they will. Uh, we'll go Easter Sunday morning, and then we'll have a big. We'll have a big Easter party. Oh, uh, that's great. it'll be a blast. Yeah. That's beautiful. Absolutely. That's... Make uh, listeners make special this day. You know, remember yeah. the time when. During COVID, uh, we're alone in the churches uh, without people, and we celebrate Holy Week. That was the hardest Holy Week in my life, when nobody was in the church and uh, with the fathers. And on that time, we had two associates, yeah. and uh, we just celebrate the liturgies together. And uh, it was very, very hard. I still remember a moment when, uh, for the veneration of the cross, for the adoration, I brought the cross. And I walked through the empty church, and I was I was so touched. I asked, Lord, where are the people? They are in homes. They they really want to be with us, but the church is empty. So mm. let's enjoy this holy week. Let's enjoy this time of of the year. And and a week after the Resurrection Sunday, we're gonna celebrate Divine Mercy Sunday, uh, the Sunday that was requested by Jesus when he appeared uh, to Saint Faustina, asking. Uh, if people just come on that day and ask for mercy, so many graces will be granted for them. Mm. So, um, um, yeah, so many great things. To, uh, tomorrow, Thursday, uh, the fourth week of of um, Lent in, in our parish, we're going to start Surrender Novena. Have you ever heard? I, I have. I love it. Father Dolindo, Ruotolo. Amazing story of the priest, amazing. And uh, uh, that was um, during the COVID, I, I read the book on uh, on his life, about his life, and I was really touched. 
he was well known to Padre Pio and mm -hmm. he suffers so much and uh, the novena we're gonna start with whole parish surrender novena uh, tomorrow holy th uh, Thursday the fourth week of of Lent and uh, listeners if you want to join us um, or if you want to pray the novena go to our web website smirh.com you can find a copy of surrender novena well, I love that one of the things, folks, that I think is so important is in the Surrender Novena, the line that says, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Please take care of everything. And that has been so profound because I got to tell you guys, I'm I'm a control freak. I, Yeah, Jesus, I want you to take care of it, but I'm going to hang on to control. I want to fix these things. I want them to go my way. I want them to go the way I want them. You know, when we pray, we ask Jesus to take care of situations the way we want it. But really, the surrender novena and 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 surrender to Jesus to to pick Him as to choose Him as our Lord is to choose Him in a way where He is deciding what the best thing for us is. It's really powerful. Uh, I say, Jesus. Uh, Please take care of everything. I say that 10 times a week. I mean, I, li I live on that now. And uh, it's such a beautiful disposition of the heart to be able to turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, you can take care of everything. And we're raised, you know, we're raised to, as if, you know, you know we, we, I've got to do my part. And yeah, you've got to do your part, but... Jesus can take care of everything. He can. The question is, will you let him? Yeah, that's true. That's true. He always is waiting for our cooperation and openness and, and readiness for, for his grace that, that he can always give us and grant us and, and, um, and walk with us um, in our lives. Okay, Russell, so now I think it's about time to invite uh, Christina with the news of the church. Don't you think so? Yeah, I think so, Christina. Let's do it. Yeah, Christina, hey. Thank you, Father, and welcome everyone to this month's edition of News of the Church. Today, the Church celebrates the solemnity of the Annunciation of the Lord. The Annunciation recalls the day when the Archangel Gabriel appeared to Mary and revealed God's will that she become the mother of the Son of God, and she accepted. At that moment, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. March 25th marks one year since Pope Francis consecrated Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. The Pope encourages all believers and community, especially prayer groups, to renew the consecration of the whole world every March 25th on the Solemnity of the Annunciation. And in the world of literature for children, to learn more about the meaning of Easter and their faith is a beautiful book called He is Risen, Rocks, 
tell the story of Easter. In this mesmerizing picture book, the good news of Easter is revealed in striking illustrations constructed solely from carefully placed rocks with a simple straightforward text sprinkled with supporting scriptures. The book traces the events of Holy Week through Christ's agony, crucifixion, and death, moving forward to his resurrection and ascension. Each turn of the page depicts an important biblical scene crafted in a stone collage. Although created with a simplicity suitable for the very young, readers of all ages will be drawn in this artful, moving depiction of the Easter story. A great reminder that Jesus is indeed the rock of our salvation. It is written and illustrated by Patty Rokas. And on behalf of myself, Father Powell, and Russell, we would like to extend our best wishes to all our listeners and their loved ones. A very happy and blessed Easter. And that's this month's edition of News of the Church. I'm Christina Doyle. Now back to Father Powell and our co-host, Russell. And it was the news of the church. Thank you, Christina, for giving us updates about what's going on in our holy Catholic apostolic church. And we are at the end of our podcast right before Holy Week. So, listeners, may Jesus be with you. May he protect you. May he give you a great, great spiritual time, time of renewal, time of coming back, time of realizing that that we are we have crosses and we are very close to our Lord whenever we carry the cross. So if you have a cross in your life, it means that you are doing the right thing. It means that you are the real disciple of our Lord Jesus. So don't be discouraged if the suffering come, if the pain come in your life, just follow him because through the cross, we always can come to the moment of resurrection. And see, he he meets you in that place, right? He sees you in that place. We're not just following him, we're joining him. right? We're bringing our cross, we're carrying it beside him. And uh, so one thing I just wanted to say, ask for any spiritual grace you want from Jesus during Holy Week. Ask for the biggest possible thing you could ask for because this is such a special and powerful time. Uh, don't be afraid to ask Jesus for your deepest desires. Um, you'll, he'll, he'll meet you in those places. You may not get what you want, but he will answer your prayers, guaranteed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and if you feel that, uh, that you are tempted, that you have some... Uh, maybe time of dryness in your heart. Don't be discouraged. Um, it happens in the lives of so many people, especially those who are very close to him. The saints many times experience what, uh, what I'm talking about. So uh, just pray, hope, and don't worry, as Padre Pio said. And yeah. Have a fantastic, beautiful Holy Week and um, peaceful, great uh, Easter and uh, praying for you, pray for us and invite your friends and um, family to listen to our Catholic Espresso and have a holy, beautiful um, end of Lent, Holy Week and Tridum Sacrum and phenomenal Sunday of Resurrection of our Lord. 
have a wonderful, wonderful spiritual journey. God bless shalom, you. Shalom, shalom, folks. Take care. Th thank you for being with us. Ciao.